Hello and welcome to From These Shores. My name is Owen Walton. I'm a Bible teacher and uh, do these podcasts in order to help people to understand the Bible. I'm going to start a series today that for a lot of people will be quite basic. However, I believe that we need to get a hold of some of these principles, uh, either just for yourself or to help other people. Now, I'm going to do some teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And someone asked me recently if I had some material to help them show somebody else and help someone else receive. See, as Christians, we've got to receive for ourselves, but then we might also want to help other people to receive. So as I go through these truths, uh, we're going to look at some scriptures and answer some questions and give you clarity that you can either use in your own life if you've not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or you can use to help other people when you're talking to them. Uh, Now, the the baptism of the Holy Spirit is primarily or it's uniquely a New Testament truth. So we're going to be looking primarily at scriptures in the New Testament. And I'm going to use the book of Acts quite a lot. Because in Acts, we have been given five specific examples of either individuals or groups receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Those are in Acts chapter 2, 8, 9, 10, and 19. Now, it's worth remembering those numbers, and we will be referring quite a lot to those through this series. Because uh, if you're trying to help somebody else receive and you remember those five numbers, then you can quite easily find the passages in the Bible to help people and show them some things. Now, there's a lot of confusion about the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go through this step by step, answering question by question and uh, looking at some things in order to help form a good biblical understanding of this truth. Anytime we're we're forming doctrine, anytime we're studying doctrine in the Bible, we need to make sure we consider all the verses on the subject. Many times people see one thing in one verse and then they just run off with it and try to form a whole doctrine out of it. But good doctrine comes out of a consensus of the Word of God. So as we study this, we're looking for consistency between the passages. And when there are differences in the passages, we're going to talk about why and why something might just occur in one case and not in any of the others. And we'll look at some of the unique situations uh, regarding that. So we're, as I said, we're primarily going to use the book of Acts. We're also going to refer to some of the things Jesus said. And as, as necessary, we will look at the epistles and maybe some Old Testament prophecies. Um, so now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the Bible is referred to with a number of different terms. Sometimes you'll see it talks about receiving the Holy Spirit or receiving the Spirit. You'll also see the term falling. Uh, it talks about being poured upon them or coming upon them or the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Obviously, the word baptism is used. Jesus himself used the word baptism in Acts chapter 1 referring to this. And then you'll also find the terms filled. Uh, It talks about people were filled with the Spirit. So these are just some of the different terms, and we might explain some of the terms as we go. Um, But I believe these all refer to the same or a related related experience uh, to that, and I'll explain that later on. Now, the first question I want to ask is, is the Holy Spirit for us today, or specifically the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Some people believe that uh, the Holy Spirit is no longer for us. But as with anything, and hopefully you'll see this as you listen to more teaching from me, I believe firmly that we don't just come up with answers out of our own opinion. When it relates to God and the Word of God, we need Scripture. We need to be able to give a scriptural basis for what we're saying. 
And there is no scripture which shows that the, that the Holy Spirit was only just for the start of the church. There's no scripture to show that he was poured out then and then stopped. Uh, there's no scripture for that. So to claim a scripture, to, to claim a principle like the Holy Spirit is not for today, there would need to be scripture for it. And since there is no scripture for it, then we have no basis to say he is no longer for us. And we have every reason to believe he is still for us and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is still for us. Now, this, in this teaching, I'm specifically going to look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to be going into who the Holy Spirit is. We'll, re- we'll save that for other teachings. And, and we won't go a lot into the, the Holy Spirit's other work in our lives, other works and things he does. I will refer to some of those. Um, and initially, I'm also, for the first few episodes, I'm not really going to talk a lot about tongues, which is connected to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'll cover that separately afterwards. We're just going to start specifically on the baptism to help us to understand uh, principles one step at a time. Now, the next question is that, is it important for us to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I've heard some Christians say things like, well, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not that important. Or they might say that relating to tongues, which I'll cover later, they might say, well, you know, tongues is not that important for us. So I'm going to look at some of these things and we need to understand Again, does the Bible show that the the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit are important? The first thing to look at is something that Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse 7. Now, in this verse, he's not just referring to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's referring to the whole work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, which would include the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because it's part of, of what the Holy Spirit does. In John 16 and verse 7, Jesus says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. So he's talking about himself and he says that it is to their advantage that he goes. Now that might seem strange because we might think it would be a lot better to have Jesus with us because they had Jesus right there in front of them in person, physically, anytime they wanted to ask a question. And if someone needed healing, they could go straight to him physically. And yet here Jesus said, it's actually to your advantage that I go away. And then he explains why. He says, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. And from the context of John chapter 14, 15 and 16, we know that the, the helper refers to the Holy Spirit. And so he's saying here that if I do not go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. That's the, what the, 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 the last phrase in that verse. So Jesus indicates that it is to our advantage that the Holy Spirit comes and that he goes away. So while we might not think that, we need to understand from a biblical point of view that the Holy Spirit is to our advantage and having him in our lives, our individual lives, and in the life of the church is important. Now let's look at a couple of the cases in Acts and refer to some of these. And let's let's see, did the, did the church in the book of Acts, did they regard the Holy Spirit as important? And did they receive, specifically, did they regard the baptism of the Holy Spirit as important? So let's look at one of the cases I've mentioned. I said there were five. In Acts chapter 8, uh, Philip goes to the city of Samaria to preach. Uh, in Acts chapter 8, verse 5 and 6, I'll read those. It says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes, with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. 
And in verse 12, it says this, but when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now I'll talk a little bit about Philip at a later, sorry, uh, if not uh, Philip, about Simon at a later point in this series. But from the verses I've just read, we see that Philip went to Samaria and he had a move of God. The Spirit of God began to move. We might say revival broke out. Miracles began to happen and people began to believe. Uh, as, as Philip preached, people believed in Jesus and uh, it says that they were baptized. So it actually uses the terminology, they believed they were baptized. In other words, they received Jesus. Now after this, uh, in verse 14, so that was the uh, verse 12 and 13 that I just read. In verse 14, let's continue on. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. So word gets back to Jerusalem about what is happening in Samaria. And the, the leaders of the church there decide to send Peter and John to Samaria. Now, Peter and John were not just two random people. They were not two low-level members, members of the church. These were two of the apostles, Peter and John, two of the top leaders of the church at that time. And if they're going to Samaria, you would think it's, it's, it's a matter of importance why they're going. And uh, so it, it says in the next verse, who, when they had come, so it's referring to Peter and John, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So what is the, 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 the main thing that Peter and John went to Samaria for? Was it to get the, the people saved and born again? No, that, that was already happening under Philip. Was it just so they could check out what was happening? It doesn't say that, so we can't assume that. It gives us one reason as to why two of the top leaders of the church went from Jerusalem to Samaria, and it was that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And verse 16 says, For as yet he, the Holy Spirit, had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now I'll refer back to that verse later on. Verse 17, then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So if, if the Holy Spirit, if, if receiving the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit was not important, why do we see here that Peter and John, uh, Peter and John were sent specifically for this purpose to make sure that the people in Samaria were also receiving the Holy Spirit? That indicates to me it's a top priority. It's the first thing that Peter and John were interested in. Now, you're going to see this, this pattern in some of the other passages. So begin to understand that from their perspective in that day, and I would, I would take people like Peter and John and the, and the leaders of the early church as quite an authority on the things of God. These are, the, these, these are the ones who had actually walked with Jesus. They knew some things and understood some things. Uh, the next case is Acts chapter 9. This is where uh, Saul, who eventually became Paul, gets uh, receives Jesus. He has a remarkable experience on his way to Damascus. We'll read that. Acts chapter 9, verse 5. Uh, and he said, this is Paul speaking, and he said, Who are you, Lord? Now, up until this point, Saul had been persecuting the church. And Jesus appeared to him, and he, uh, Saul says, Who are you, Lord? And he calls him Lord. Up until this point, he had been resistant 
to Jesus. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Right there, you see a change in heart in Saul. He goes from a persecutor to yielding to Jesus. And he calls him Lord and he says, what do you want me to do? He gives his life to him. I believe at that point, that's where he, what we would say, he received Jesus. Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So here, Paul receives Jesus. He yields his life to him and he goes into the city. Just a few verses later, the passage continues. Once he's in the city, it says, and Ananias went his way and entered the house. Now, Ananias is someone God began, God dealt with him to go to Saul. Initially, Ananias was a bit reluctant. He thought, hold on, God, this, this is the, the man who's been persecuting the church. And the Lord spoke to him and said, no, you, you need to go. And he obeyed. He went. And so Ananias went to Saul. And it says, uh, he entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he indicates this is, he specifically, this top priority, this is right after Saul has been converted, a uh, supernatural conversion. This is, this is not years later or months later. This is not low down on the priority list. This is the first encounter he has with, with this other believer. And the top priority is get him healed, receive his sight and receive the Holy Spirit. Top priority again. Well, that lines up with what we saw in the previous uh, passage in Samaria. It says immediately they fell from his eyes, something like scales, and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. Again, we'll come back to these passages and look at some of the other details. I'm just looking at one thing at a time. Is this important? Well, evidently in Samaria, it was important. Evidently in Saul's life, who became Paul, it was important. It was a top priority. Now, one of the other cases is Acts chapter 19. This is in Ephesus. Now, by this time, Paul is now the Apostle Paul. He's out preaching. He's planting churches and spreading the gospel. And he comes into Ephesus. So Acts chapter 19 and verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them. Now, just pause there for a moment. This is the first contact that Paul has had with these disciples. It's his first contact with Ephesus. And he comes across some disciples and he doesn't know a lot about them. He doesn't know their beliefs, their doctrines, you know, where they come from, all kinds of things. But the first question he asks them, verse 2, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. I'll come back to that phrase. But notice the first thing Paul asks them is, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Now, if the Holy Spirit was not that important, why would Paul ask that as his first question to this group of disciples who he's never met before and he doesn't know anything about? It shows priority. That's three, three out of the five cases that we've looked at. We see top priority here. It's not secondary importance. Paul wants to know, have you received the Holy Spirit? Now, the passage goes on uh, because they they react and say, we haven't even heard 
whether there's a Holy Spirit. Now, by Paul's reaction, he thinks that's a little bit strange. So you need to understand this. In the church today, in the 21st century, we have churches where people have received the Holy Spirit and we have churches where people have not received the Holy Spirit. And so it's easy to read the Bible and think that it's always been like that. But if you go all the way back into the the days of the book of Acts, you'll find that all the churches uh, were were spirit-filled. All of them had received the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was a top priority. And we'll see through this series that as soon as people got born again, they wanted to make sure the next thing they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. It had to be done, top priority. So all of the epistles that we read, the book of Ephesians, Galatians, Corinthians, these were all written to spirit-filled churches, churches that had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so here Paul comes to Ephesus. He hasn't yet planted a church here, and he finds it strange. These were disciples, but they don't even know about the Holy Spirit. And Paul finds it strange. So in verse 3, he said to them, into what then were you baptized? Paul is puzzled. He says, you don't know there's a Holy Spirit. Then what were you, What are you disciples of? Because up until this point, he thought they were disciples of Jesus. So they said, into John's baptism. Now Paul suddenly realizes it makes sense. They haven't even heard about Jesus yet. They're still on John's baptism. And then, and then it's uh, verse 4. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who came after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. So Paul then explains to them about Jesus. He discovers the reason they didn't know about the Holy Spirit is because they didn't even know about Jesus. In other words, they were not yet Christians. They had not yet received. Paul realizes they needed even that basic step first. So he talks to them about Jesus. And in verse verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they there they received Jesus. Now, did Paul then leave it at that? Did he then say, well, you know, let's let's get you established in this first and we'll spend some time as Christians. And in a few years time, we'll get you baptized in the Holy Spirit. No, no, he didn't wait. Verse 5, they're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6, the very next verse. And when Paul had laid his laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So again, this is the next example we've got here where, where it's, it's priority. As soon as they become Christians, get them baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's no delay. And, and Paul, Paul takes them immediately on to that to make sure that uh, they were walking not only in receiving Jesus, but also in the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to look at some other questions in this series, but I just wanted to initially look at this question and this issue. Is this important? And I believe that in the book of Acts, I believe that these scriptures that we've looked at shows you that Paul, Peter, John, the early church, the the church in Acts, the apostles, uh, even Jesus showed that this is important. And so we need to know about this. Now, if you have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then I encourage you to keep listening to this series and to get your questions answered and you can receive. And I'm going to show you that there doesn't need to be a long time period. We're going to go through specific scriptures. We're going to help answer the questions and make this clear. But for now, begin to realize this is important. And if God wants this for me, I can receive. So thank you very much for listening and God bless you. And I appreciate if you subscribe to these teachings and share them with other people to get the word of God out there. It's important that believers understand the Bible. God wants us to know, to understand his word and to get good teaching. 
And so I thank you very much for subscribing and sharing these with your friends and for joining us for the next uh, episode.